0: Good evening, church, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name's Colin, the pulpit
1: minister here at Central Church of Christ. This is Dan Spaeth. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this uh, community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to go to over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. You can check us out there. You can also check us out at uh, facebook.com slash vctchurch. If uh, you're joining us on Spotify with the Heart and Hands podcast, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to li- uh, like the video and subscribe to the channel so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. Um, if this ministry has blessed you in any way, I want to encourage you to go to over, over to our website right at the top of the page. We have a donate button, and you can partner with us in this ministry. Uh, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 12 uh, tonight. Exodus chapter 12. I'm excited to get into it. We're, we're coming up to the plague of the firstborn.
0: Yep. Well, we talked about it in chapter 11. And we a said bit, this yeah. is a, this will be we're going, we're going to get into... A, uh, Passover stuff, and we're going to get into a, into stuff about Jesus, and uh, it, it's going to start getting going that way. So, you know, this is the this is going to be one of the one of the festivals that they are going to be required to celebrate every year. That's right, every year on the fifteenth day of the first month every year. So, right. you know, let's uh, let's pray. And we'll get started. Father in heaven, thank you so much for uh, for the power of the word. We know, Father, that these things that were written here were were written so that we could learn and we could grow and we have encouragement, and we're just so grateful, Father, that you're a, that you're constantly at work, striving to grow us and, and to get us better. Father, help us to uh, uh, to honor you with 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 all of the, our lives and help us, Father, to allow you to do that in our lives as you grow us. Thank you. Bless us to today as we study. Help us to learn and help us to grow. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. All right, so we're going to be in Exodus chapter twelve. Uh, that's Exodus chapter twelve, and you know we've seen uh, with all these plagues. You know, you, you pointed out, uh, and you pointed out a couple of episodes now. You know, this is a a, a ten course correspondence course yep. for
0: for Pharaoh learning about obedience to God. And in in Exodus, and really, cha- I never. We, we talked about it last week. The last time we got together, and if it looks like we're the same, well, it's because we are, because we just got through recording. The one you're going to watch Wednesday, this is the one for the next Wednesday that we're recording. So we, if we look the same as we, we are, we might as well just tell them straight up what's going on here. Huh? And, oh, uh,
1: because we're wearing the same clothes. We're wearing
0: the same clothes, you know. And I, and I, and I notice that kind of stuff sometimes when I'm watching videos. So, But, uh, you know, the, the, <laughs> I don't even know why I put that in there. But anyway, uh, you know, we did talk about it when we, when we just got through talking about the, 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 the last plague is going to be the plague that he's going to actually... Touch the people. I mean, it's gonna. This is gonna. This people are gonna die. Mm -hmm. People are fixing to die here, and and we talked about God training us and training it. And you you know that the nation of Israel has been has been touched Mm -hmm. as well, but they're not gonna learn it because a couple of years from now they're gonna they're gonna go right back to where they were, and God's gonna have to start all over, training them again, and people are gonna die again. When that happens, oh yes. So, so you know, keep that in mind, folks. That this is a this is God setting in motion Jesus, the Passover Lamb. That's right. This is where we start to see some real evidence of the coming Messiah. Well, and and
1: as looking real quick back, taking a glance right back at what you said, where you know the people of Israel. Basically aren't gonna learn this lesson. No, they're not. You know, they're they're watching what's going on with the Egyptians, they're watching what's going on with Pharaoh, and they're not gonna learn to trust and obey God. No. They're not they're not not ever gonna learn it. And something we've pointed out with Pharaoh is that there comes a point in time, you know, we've looked at Proverbs chapter one with this, there comes a point in time where God says, I'm done with you. You know, I've I've told you, I've told you, I've told you, I've told you, I've done with you. You know, we we talk, Christians often talk about the God of second chances, Mm -hmm. but there comes a point in time where he says, yeah. I'm done. Um, and that's going to happen with the Israelites too. Yeah, He's going to be done with a, with one of their generations. He's going to say, I, I'm i done. I'm done. Yeah, And so well, I'm not in charge of God saying that. No. Dan's not in charge. We're not. No, you need to understand church. We're not saying that we can make that determination. God makes that determination. Right. But we right. need to understand that that's possible. Yeah. It's possible for God to look at where you're at inside the church or outside the church mm-hmm. and say, you're done.
0: done. Yeah, I'm done.
1: You're yeah. done. Yeah. Um, so that's that's coming. Now we're not we're not at that point. We're at the very beginning for yeah. Israel. Israel it hasn't even gotten away yet. Now, in Exodus chapter 12, we're gonna start seeing a blending mm-hmm. of narrative
0: mm-hmm.
1: and law. This is the first time that God's gonna really lay down a bunch of ordinance. And what we need to understand is this is gonna become quite common. Now, up until this point, we started in Genesis, and we've come all the way to Exodus chapter 12. Mm-hmm. It's all been narrative. It's all been all, the type of text, the genre mm-hmm. of text has been narrative. It's been a story, and that's going to change in 12. In 12, we're going to have the first taste of God saying, this is the ordinance. This is, this is what you need to do. And there's going to be restrictions and, and all these little laws. It's really important as we go through the text not to lose sight of the narrative of what's going on. Yeah. Because it's so easy to do that, especially when we hit Exodus chapter 19, we hit Exodus chapter 19, 20 and for the next 10 chapters, it's a lot of ordinance. Yeah. And we forget that there are things going on. You know, they're at the foot of Mount Sinai and there's all this this darkness and, and this well, this lightning and like all, we talked and all about this crazy us, we, stuff.
0: We're going to we're going to really try to keep you reading between the lines. Correct you know, in the next in the next few months because it's very critical that you read between the lines because it can get bogged down when you get to the book of leviticus you get really bogged down if you not if you're not looking at it from between the lines what's going on what is actually happening here and is there anything he's trying to teach these people so that we can learn something down the road
1: well and especially <coughs> you bring up leviticus leviticus is an excellent is an excellent example of losing sight of what is going on. Yeah. Because you get into Leviticus and it's, it's Exodus chapter 12 on steroids. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's lo- ordinance and ordinance and ordinance and ordinance. And, you know, why is it so important for us to understand? Why is it so important for us to understand these ordinances and the significance of them? Like, why, why should I bother? Why should I care if it was the 15th day of the 6th month or
0: the 7th month? Why, why does that matter? I think some of it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. really. I think some of it doesn't. I think it's good to know. Like when we celebrate Passover, I mean, when, when they celebrate Passover, you know, when we're going to come in contact with it, when it's going to really affect us is when Jesus is going to die, okay? That's really, uh, that's really connected to us. I mean, that's that's significant. Well, when you start teaching in a class, well, what was Passover? People say, oh, well, that's where they ate a, they ate something. I don't know. They did something like that. I don't know. It's where the death angel passed over. But God reminded them over and over and over every year that this was significant. What was it significant for? And, and they did it on the certain day of the certain month every year. Well, and it, it was to train them and to teach them. That's what the, it says in Romans 15. that all this stuff was written for our learning us to learn, well, what do so we what? And we got to ask, what am I learning? What am I learning anything here? Yeah. What am I learning from going over and over and over? You know, when when I get to Leviticus chapter ten, and I find you know two of, of Aaron's sons that get burned up by a strange fire, I get a pretty healthy dose of of an understanding that God's kind of kind of set on kind of some of this obedient stuff. Maybe it's important to Him. Maybe I need to learn, is it still important to him today? Being obedient, is it important to him today? Well, you know, I don't know. Maybe we need to go look at that and see if it's important enough. If it was important enough to, that those two boys died because they didn't do what they were told, well, what happens if I don't do what I'm told now?
1: Well, and I'm, I'm going to enjoy getting there because we'll talk about it when we get there, but if we lose sight of the narrative, why did God react that way to them? In that disobedience, and that's a very important absolutely. It's important. A, that's a very important absolutely. thing to understand because there. You're right. We we need to learn from this, and the importance of being obedient cannot be overstated. Absolutely. Nadab and Abihu um, specifically uh, brings it brings in a very interesting, uh, very interesting dynamic. So I'm looking forward to get there. But there, there's a
0: lot, you know, I'm reminded of Eli's sons. Oh yeah, you know that that are doing some of the same things, that, except is really egregious to God, and God destroys them. So, you know, this is the beginning. That's right. This is the beginning. So, we, we've we got a
1: lot of ordinances. One thing we've talked about a lot is we're not going verse by verse on this. Um, we're going to move through chapter 12, though, yeah. so you get a taste of what, what ordinance mm-hmm. text looks like and... Uh, and it's still, of course, it's still very important to the story. Absolutely, now, this is not the only time that God's <laughs> going to talk about regulations for the no. Passover. No, no, no. He'll no, do no, it again no. in Leviticus chapter twenty-three, and Numbers yep. chapter twenty-eight, Deuteronomy yep. chapter sixteen. Yep. And so, so do understand that the, these ordinances about Passover will be expanded on. They'll be,
0: they'll be added to. They'll be. I mean, I mean it's just M- most of the time, Cole. When people start reading God's Word, what are you going to do when you start reading a book? You'll start at the beginning. Start at the beginning. Where do you usually get bogged down? In the ordinances in Exodus and Leviticus is where you get bogged down, and that's where people most times say, Well, I read it for a while and I got to this book and I read it. And so we're gonna to try to help you not to get bogged down in it.
1: That's right. Okay? All right, so Exodus chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, now remember, he's already told, he's just told Pharaoh. This is what's going to happen in chapter yeah. eleven. Yep. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh said, "You get out of my sight. Yeah. If I see you Don't again, you're back. dead." Yep. Yeah. Right. And and Moses says, "Oh, really? Let me tell you how God says it's actually going to be." Yeah. And so he tells about he tells about every firstborn um, in Egypt is going to die. So that's just happened. So now, uh, but he's also said there's going to be a distinction. There will be a distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites. Mm-hmm. How is that distinction going to be made? Well, that's what we're going to talk about in in chapter 12. So chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, This month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people there are you are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night... They are to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs, and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or boiled in water, but roast it over a fire with the head, legs, and internal organs. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste; it is the Lord's Passover. Now, he's given them some very specific instructions. Do those
0: instructions matter? Absolutely, they matter. Why? Because he's not good Because the death angel is not going to pass over if they don't do exactly what they're told. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they matter. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I mean, he he doesn't tell them for his health. <laughs> he tells them for their health.
1: For their health,
0: you know. And when he says you roast it over a fire, don't boil it in water, don't eat it raw. That means you got to cook it, and you wait until the 14th day. You start on the 10th day, and you start on and you stay on the first month. The 14th day of the first month is when you're going to do this. When you're going to put because that's the significant day, right? That you're going to put the door, the blood on the doorpost and on the and on the top of the door. That is so the death angel when he comes, the death angel will pass over that house, and everybody in that house will be safe. So let's say you decide, well, I got a, a year-and-a-half-old goat that's got a butt hurt foot, okay? And I got a year-old sheep. It's perfect. I really like that sheep. I won't kill the goat. What's God going to do? What do you tell him? A year-old, a year-and-a-half-old male from the goat to the sheep without what? Blemish, without defect. That means can't have a hurt foot. That's He's right. got to be perfect. Why? Why is that important? Why is that part important? And we may, we may not get past this right here, this whole, this whole thing. I mean, I'm looking at we've got about 20 minutes, and it, there's still way we're going to get through this. But, but why is it important that it's without defect? Why is that important? It's what's a this, shadow. Huh? It's a, it's a shadow. A, it's a shadow what's coming. In, in John chapter 1, you know, if you turn over there, turn, turn to John chapter 1. I think it's verse 28, I believe. Uh, yeah, verse twenty nine. When when John the Baptist sees Jesus coming down the road, he says he said, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, "Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world." What's he? He's referring back to this. Here's the Lamb of God. Here's the Lamb. It has to be without defect, as close to perfect as you can get, because the one I'm going to offer is perfect. And you won't ever even understand what's going on if you don't understand that this is the significance of, of this. This is the thing that points, the first thing that really points to, we got a Messiah coming. Here's the one that's going to actually take away sin. This one here is going to let the death angel pass over. That's why if the church doesn't have the blood on it, if there's no blood on the church, when the death angel comes next time, what happens? They're dying.
1: Well, and... There's so much significance here, right? So the penalty for sin is death. That's what we've seen. Think about everything we've looked at through Genesis through this class. What have we learned? That when man sinned, Mm -hmm. everything fell, and now everyone dies. And it doesn't matter how hard we fight, Mm -hmm. right? That was the first 11 chapters. Man is (coughs) going to steer himself to death and disobedience of God every single time. And what is God working to do? And in Genesis chapter three, God didn't look at Adam and Eve and said, well, I tried, we're done and just wipe everything out. He could have, he didn't. Instead, when they did what they did, God said, there's gonna come a day, you're gonna be done looking at the snake. Your temptation, your evil, the things that you're doing is gonna be done. There's gonna be a seed of this woman that's gonna squish you. Like yep. a bug, yep. he'll strike him on the heel, but he's going to squish you like a bug. So God's already looking towards redemption, yep. and everything He's been doing since yeah. then has been working towards that. Even yeah. with the flood, He looked at man. And he said, "At the inclination of their all their heart is evil," except Noah. Noah was a righteous man, not because of what he did, but because of the faith and trust he had in
0: God. Right? And that's what that's what righteousness and, and, is. And here is the beginning of sacrificial system on steroids. That's right. Because we had a sacrificial system, Abraham sacrificed your son. That's Here's right. Here's a goat. Here's a lamb. Here's a ram. And God offered the, and provided. God, and, God, right. and God and God and God has killed animals to cover Adam and Eve's nakedness. That's you right. That, There's sacrificial system in, in place. No, Noah was commanded to take a, an odd number of animals; one was for sacrifice. Okay, that, so they're sacri- But this is going to put sacrifice on steroids. That's right. God is working, not towards
1: the destruction of people. But towards their salvation. The salvation of people. Now he's got to judge wickedness. He's a righteous, holy God, and he's going to do that with the Egyptians. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to do it. But he wants to save people, and
0: the way he's going to save the entire world is through, is through, through the Israel. sacrifice. Is through the sacrifice that comes, the, through the sacrificial land that comes from Israel. That's, right. That's what he's going to do. That's his plan. He's going to come from not just from Israel, but from the sea line of Judah, from Israel. Well, and and we've
1: and we've heard predictions of that, haven't yeah, we? Absolutely. Yep. Gen- Genesis, uh, what around chapter fifty, when yep. Joseph, when uh, rather Israel is dying, he lays out that prophecy and he says, yep. you know, the staff will never depart from Judah. So there's already kind of that inkling yep. mm-hmm. that this stuff is coming. Yep. This is another one of those inklings. Mm-hmm. God says, this lamb. That you're gonna use this blood that you're gonna paint over your door and, and your door frame and all of this stuff, the lamb that that comes from has to be perfect, perfect.
0: And you know, that, you know this the the slaughtering at twilight, the killing of these animals, these unspotted, innocent, because they're innocent, they have no they have no defect, they have nothing they've done, you know that that they have that they have that they deserve to be slaughtered, but God says we're gonna sacrifice them. For you, and That's then look right. at what he, what he what he tells them. He says, you know, that take care of them till the fourteenth day and slaughter them at twilight. Then you're there. Take some of the blood, put it on the door frames and the, and the doorposts, and where they eat the lambs that same night. They're to eat the meat roasted over the fire, made with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. You know, the bitter herbs are are there as a testimony or sim, symbolically of their the bitterness that they've gone through in their captivity. Because they didn't go there to be captives. That's not where they originally went to Egypt there. They were being rewarded. But Pharaohs came into power that didn't know, didn't understand, and enslaved them. Well, and that's uh, the way
1: our cultures tend. Our our cultures, when it's ruled by (coughs) man, that's the way they tend towards slavery
0: and bondage and everything else. That's exactly right. And so he says, make them with bitter herbs. And with with a bread, eat a bread without yeast. Why why bread without yeast? What what what's significant there? People have asked me that numerous times. Why do you think that's significant? Well, yeast is a so all of it's a metaphor. Uh-huh. Let's just
1: be very clear. All yeah. of this, the whole sacrificial system, everything God yeah. is doing is is a metaphor, right? He the Hebrew writer says it's a shadow pointing to Christ. That's right. But but it's a metaphor, and the <coughs> yeast is a metaphor for sin. Yes. Because the way it spreads throughout the bread, Mm -hmm. right? The way that chemical reaction Mm -hmm. occurs and everything, and then you know a little yeast leavens the whole the whole lump, right? So it's this idea that yeast is sin, and so they they eat bread that is pure without yeast. In fact, when they celebrate Passover uh, today, you know the the way they they practice this is, uh, and there's all sorts of traditions that have popped up around it, but the uh, the family will remove yeast all from out the house, Mm -hmm. and the head of the house. Will go around the house looking for yeast to make really? sure that there is no yeast in the house to, before they 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 have this meal. It's really cool. There's there's a lot of traditions that have that have grown up. I mean, mm-hmm. this has been a tradition, the Passover tradition has been going on since they left Egypt. Yeah. You know, so we're talking well, about it was a command. thousands and thousands and thousands
0: yeah. of years. Jesus on the on the day he dies on the day of Passover. He, t- right. he tells them to go to the upper room and get the Passover feast that at the last supper. That's what they're eating. That's they're right. eating a Passover meal. <laughs> they're eating. They're eating this roasted lamb, a perfect lamb. They're eating this lamb with unleavened bread, you know, and eating, getting ready for Passover. No, Jesus knowing full well that he's eating the very symbol of what he is to become in just a few hours. That's right. Amazing, you know. And they and they uh, they do not eat the meat raw. It says, but roasted over fire with the head, legs, and inner internal organs. This is gross, man. You know, I've taught this class many times. I've taught this particular text, and I said I want you to think about cooking this animal with its stuff in it. You know, this is this is
1: not 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 this is
0: not sanitary. This not healthy. This is there's a whole lot of knots here. (laughs) Why you should not do this? This is just terrible. You know, and I could go into you know lots of people that are watching, maybe hunters, and they know you know what it what it's like to to. You know, to, to, to do be involved... What's
1: worse, eating an animal cooked with its internal organs like that or eating an animal that's been strangled?
0: I think the one thing, thing that's most unhealthy is eating an animal with the stuff cooked inside of it. That's unhealthy. Yeah. Eating an animal strangled, not unhealthy. Okay? You know, but... Uh, you know, it just yeah and I have a hard time getting away from what I know of hunting and, and and butchering and all that stuff I have a hard time getting away from that so I'm looking at this and I'm going you know it's it's and, and I've talked to different people and, and people find this, this very this is very you know ghastly you know they just they can't even believe but this is what God told them to do think about it when they hung him on the cross it's ghastly it's ghastly and he and he uh and he was crucified butchered with all his internal organs inside wasn't he I never thought of that before yeah when he was when he was sacrificed on the cross he was sacrificed whole oh I don't know for sure if that's what God's intent was sure but it sure makes us think doesn't it made me think just now man he it, it is very symbolic of this of this sac, sacrificed animal who is who has bled and died for for a symbol of of safety yeah to take his blood. And we know that the blood of Jesus is what cleanses us from sin. You know, Baptism doesn't do it. You know, obedience doesn't do it. None of that stuff does this. It's the you blood know, of Christ. It's the blood of Christ. You know, I want any of you who are watching, you may have a problem with us as a as a as a as a church or what. Man, let me tell you, let me clarify. The blood of Christ is what saves people. That's right. Okay? God's very specific about that. Ephesians one, Acts twenty two. I mean, I mean a uh, uh, Revelation chapter one, verse four. You know, it's very specific. Or uh, one of verse five is what it is. Very specific that the blood of Christ is what washes us clean and what cleanses us. Well, you know, John, right? John. As we walk in the light as he's in the light. Yeah. The blood of Christ. The blood of
1: Christ that continually cleanses, cleanses us. Cleanses us of all sin, sin. yeah. So, it's how do we interact with that blood and where do we interact with that blood? How
0: does it come upon us? How, how, how do we get the benefits of it? And
1: that's when Peter would say, baptism now saves you. Not yep. the removal of filth from flesh. It's not you yep. taking a bath, but the
0: appeal or, to God for a clean or conscience. Or Ananias tells tells Paul, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. We That's know right. that the baptism don't wash the sin away. We know that. We've been accused of that. We don't believe that. We believe that the blood is what washes us clean. That's right. Okay? That's what we believe. So, anyway, you know, got now I've gotten through that. It says, uh, uh, do not leave any of it till morning. If, it, if some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste as the Lord's Passover. What are they getting ready for? It's going to be time to go. The Exodus. Get well, ready to and go.
1: And that's exactly what happens with Christ. I've had people ask before, so this is one of three festivals that the Jews will be commanded to, right. to keep and to uh, to keep yearly and that they're all commanded to participate in. One of the other ones is the Great Day of Atonement. Mm-hmm. And I've been asked before, why did Christ die at on Passover rather than the Great Day of Atonement? Because the great day of atonement is where God forgives all the sin of the people. And we'll, and we'll look at this in, in we Leviticus. Get we'll get there. Um, yeah. It's where God renews covenant with them after they've broken covenant with the golden calf. Um, and then it's a yearly festival they keep. But the great day of atonement wasn't the Passover. The Passover was designed to remind people that God passed over their sins. That's right. And that he saved them from it. Right, And that's exactly what we have in Christ. We're moved from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. The Passover is the shadow that is that, we, that the sacrifice that we Absolutely. have in Christ. The great day of atonement was a yearly reminder of sin. That's right. So it doesn't make sense that God would have Christ die on the great day of atonement no. because he's not reminding the people of no. their sin yeah. and their need for God. He's in Christ. He's passing over our sin. And reminding
0: them, and Day of Atonement is reminding them as well that the blood of bulls and goats could not take away sin. That's right. Only Jesus could take away sin.
1: If you look at, and people forget this, but the point of the law was not to forgive sin. The point of the law was to point out our need for God. And well, point,
0: And it says in Galatians chapter three or four, it, it was a schoolmaster bringing us to Christ. There's a tutor leading us leading to Christ. Our need for it was a Christ. need for not to not to save us because it could the law couldn't save you. No. Couldn't say because you could never, couldn't be obedient to it. But what it could do is it could point you to Jesus, it could point you to the law and point you to saying, this is why Jesus put in a new covenant. And so if you look at that
1: great day of atonement, if you go through Leviticus chapter 16 and look at it, and I've pointed this out for my Wednesday night class, Aaron makes all these sacrifices. And then when he enters into the most holy of holies, he's got to hide himself behind incense yeah. so God doesn't destroy him. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. I thought he just offered a bunch of sacrifice for his sin. Isn't he perfect now? No. What did he sin between between yes. offering the sacrifice yes. and well, what I, what I point out is, as the Hebrew writer says, the blood bulls and bulls goats blood of bulls and goats has never been sufficient. No. And the point of the great day of atonement is a reminder of
0: sin. And it didn't matter if he killed five million animals; none of that blood was ever going to be sufficient. Never. Only the blood of Jesus was going to be sufficient. Because he was the perfect lamb, he was the perfect unspotted lamb. He was a perfect person that said, "I don't want to go. I'm going anyway," and he went anyway. He did it because he was right. being obedient to his father. He was God's true Passover. That's exactly right. That's exactly he's our Passover. Right. And, and here he's getting these people ready, saying, "Look, you be in the house. I'm gonna make a distinction between you and the the Egyptians. Yeah, I'm not giving them this law. I'm giving this order to you. And you're gonna be reminded of this every every year. You're gonna you're gonna fulfill it every year. But this is why you do this. You do it with your Belt tucked in, your sandals on, with your staff in your hand, get ready to go because they're going to run you. Off. What did he just tell them in chapter eleven? That's right. He said. Yeah. He said. What, what did he say? He said. The Lord said to Moses, "Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you, so that my wonders may be multiplied." Moses and Aaron performed. and and he said, uh, "Where did he say it?" He tells them, He tells them, He said. He's not only going to. T- he's going to run you off. They're going to make you go. I, I thought it was a chapter eleven. I thought we just read that.
1: Mm. yeah it is uh, but among the Israelites not a dog will bark at any person or animal then you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel verse 8 in chapter 11 all these officials of yours will come to me bowing down before me and saying go you and all the people who follow you after that I will leave then Moses uh, hot with anger left Pharaoh
0: yeah so he's not only that, 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 this, he's going to make a distinction between Israel and Egypt and at some and here right quick Egypt's gonna come and say, go away. We don't we're done with you. Man, if y'all don't go, he's gonna kill us all. He'll kill us all if we don't if y'all don't go. That's right. And he would have. Yeah. But his plan was is I'm gonna kill the firstborn. And not only not only the firstborn in Egypt, but the firstborn of Pharaoh. And I'm gonna kill him as well. You know, it's easy when we look at
1: this the the struggle, when we look at the uh The horror of what the Egyptians go through that God brings down on them, it's really easy to forget what God is working towards. Yeah. You know, the reality is mankind is in a pit. Yeah. We're stuck in a pit. And God's trying to get us out of the pit. But if you don't put down the shovel, you just keep digging the pit. And the Egyptians with Pharaoh are hard at work digging in that pit.
0: Yeah. I think one of the things that we need to be reminded of too is that every sunday morning hmm. every first day of the week we come together and and i've said it numerous times i believe the most important thing we do on sunday morning it's not you preaching or me preaching or or you okay. leading singing or i mean or you singing or me singing or or either. i think it's it's coming together and and remembering the lord's supper oh that's right yeah i think it's I, because it points us back to this it points us back to passover it points us back to the to the sacrifice of the unspotted lamb it points us back to the significance of needing a, a a Messiah in our lives, and Jesus said, "Whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me." First Corinthians chapter eleven says, "It is it is a commemoration, it's a proclamation, it's an examination. It's where we examine ourselves, proclaim His death till He comes, and we and we commemorate that death as a memorial to the world." And that's right. It's not just looking back. The Lord's no. Supper isn't just about it's looking about back. It's about looking forward. It's about looking forward. Absolutely. We raise the cup and we say. I still believe. Yeah, I'm still waiting. That's why it's so important. I know there are churches out there that do it once a month or once every three months or whatever. We do it on the first day of every week. That's right. Because it's what we come together for. We come together to honor and glorify and to proclaim and to commemorate the the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, His Son. And what better way to do that than to than to partake in the sup in that that drinking of juice and eating of that bread that Jesus instituted to remind us what, what, of what this was talking about. That's right. So we celebrate Passover pretty much every every first day of the week. That's what we're doing. Not really Passover. We're celebrating the new covenant, the commemoration of the new covenant that the that the unspotted lamb put in effect. That's right. That's right. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we've had to study this text. I pray that our audience has paid attention. They're learning. I pray, Father, that if there's something that we need to clarify more, that you'll make that known to us, that we can clarify it even more, so they can understand that how significant uh, what's happening to Egypt and Israel is to us today. Thank you, Father, for the opportunities. Thank you for the love you had for us when you when you when you put your Son on a cross, and the love He had for us to be willing to go there. Thank you, Father, for all of that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.